Hey, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, Dave, and occasionally a special guest here to talk about the club that we love, Tottenham Hotspur. Come on, you Spurs. Let's go. Hey, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, and Dave. Mike, how are you doing? You know, Dave, I'm doing pretty goddamn well. I uh, had a really, really, really good week. Um, I had a lot of on-call uh, on call hours this weekend, which is going to pay for my hotel room uh, next weekend when we go to the the Needham-Wellesley uh, tournament in Massachusetts, uh, um, where we're probably going to get spanked. Firepost uh, is probably going to get spanked. Um, again, I think I keep saying it with my kids, but um, his team are all eight and nine-year-olds playing playing U12, so they're playing 11, 12-year-old kids, you know, and Lucas keeps on talking about how, you know, there's at least one kid on the on the field that has leg hair. <laughs> you know? It's one like when you get the, into freshman year. Right? Yeah, when you get into freshman year of high school and there's that one kid on your football team who's got who's got a beard, you know? Um, but, but you know what's funny about that guy, Mike? Is then everybody catches up, right? Like, that guy's a monster. Oh, yeah. Until everybody catches up. And then oh, yeah, 100%. Smart. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I did, so I, I, I did make enough money to pay for that weekend. Uh, um, it will be the end of my, uh, gluten-free, uh, spell part of my elimination diet. So, uh, hopefully we're going to get to stop at Treehouse Brewing on the way back or Trillium. Um, but I am so excited about this, this, uh, this thing we came to talk about today, uh, this, this soccer game that we, that we got to witness. Um, I haven't, I haven't taken my, uh, I, I was at work yesterday and I was wearing my galaxy shirt underneath my scrubs. That's how excited I was. And um, we can talk about that, but I, I just, I, you know, lots of great stuff happened this week, this weekend. And uh, I, I, I'm just, in a really great mood and really happy right now. I'm glad to have you back, especially. Glad to be back. You guys, you guys. Nothing against Brian. I love Brian. I do love Brian, but we needed our fearless leader with us last no, week. No, man. Props, props to Mike and Steve. You guys, you guys, you guys brought it home last week. You brought Brian into the mix. It was seamless. It was flawless. I was impressed and, and proud, like a proud papa just watching his, his little birds, you know, just taking care of business, right? It's a, you know, and it's, I, I I, I kid around, but I, I we I really do appreciate Brian coming on. I, he's a uh, you know a great guy, and uh, and uh, I think he's a great voice, uh, a great voice to you know come in and give a differing opinion every once in a while. So um, hopefully we hear more of him. Absolutely. Yep. Hey, hey, Steve, how you doing? Well, I just heard that Mike hates Brian and never wants to have him on the show again. So uh, you know, I don't know where the hostility is coming from. I thought. He added a, a fantastic element, uh, especially uh, without you, Dave. So, I, you know, Brian, when you listen to this, I, I apologize for uh, Mike's aggression. It's uncalled for, um, but maybe we can uh, clear this up uh, after the fact. Um, uh, Brian, Brian still might be mad at me because I, uh, in our, in our um, we call we call ourselves the fuckwits. It's our, uh, it's our DraftKings, our DraftKings. Uh, group that we uh we did a double so uh for the epl games this week and and i won both of them so he's probably a little bit hurt um both of the contests 
we did an all 10, all 10 games contest. And the rules, the only rules were you couldn't pick the same guys for your second team. And I won, and I won both challenges. So I just, I just uh, want to put that out there and it, and put, I'm going to put Brian on blast and put the rest of those guys on alert because I'm coming in the next season on fucking fire. Oh, there you have Excellent. it, Steve. Well, uh, you just took up half your time, Steve. Right. <laughs> Brian related controversies aside. Um, no, I'm doing great. You know, um, Isaac, uh, my son, he's at this stage where he's advancing some of his more physical abilities. So he spent the weekend showing us that he can jump now, <laughs> which I'm sure you guys know what a toddler jump is. It's, you know, they bend their knees, they get ready for a jump, and then they kind of just take a step forward and you applaud them like, yeah, great jump, great jump. Um, but uh, <laughs> we were down at Goodwater watching the game and uh, he started, I, Isaac showed up with, uh, with my wife and he started doing his little jump thing in front of the TV. <laughs> you got, uh, you know, folks in the background and he jumps higher than I do. Maybe that was Nick, but <laughs> either way, um, no, it was, it was great. And he's, uh, he's got a, a, you know, little toddler sized soccer ball. Um, and it, we bought him a toddler sized football too. So he's been playing uh, catch with me and I'm putting that in air quotes because I can catch the ball when he throws it to me. He does have a really good arm for, uh, you know, somebody who's not even two, he can get some pretty solid distance on his throws but if you throw the ball back to him, it just hits him, falls down, and then he laughs and goes run to pick it up. It's more like fetch, if anything else. Um, but it was a great weekend. Uh, plus, you know, a game, a great game uh, that we're all here to talk about. Steve, always with the uh, beautiful segue. So why don't we get to it? Uh, Mike, why don't you get us started? Um, you had interesting circumstances watching the game. So talk to us a little bit about that. And then, um, Without going too deep into the tactics, because we don't want you to steal Steve's thunder, as you might be known to do. Why don't you give us a little bit of analysis? You know as well as I do that I don't do tactics. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing tactical about Mike, everybody. Yeah. Not 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 tactical nor tactful. There you um, go. Uh, so yeah. I got to uh, I got to enjoy the game uh, while at work. Um we uh i was in the operating room so um we had uh what they call a multi-trauma in our operating room um so i missed i got to see bits and pieces of the first half um here and there when needed uh for x-rays and uh i got to see most of the second half uh this multi-trauma they we had to do different parts of the body so in between each part of the body they they kind of break everything down and Reprep and drape everything without getting into the gory details. Um, I did get to see most of the second half, um, which was uh, which was just as fun. But I can tell you that I saw each and every goal uh, that was scored. Um, so, um, in between, you know, feeling trying to field uh, or fend off the text messages from the WhatsApp chat um, and the numerous friends I have. Uh, you know, on, on, you know, on text, um, it was, uh, it was pretty good to watch. Um, I, after work, I got out at about seven o'clock last night, got home around eight 
and threw the game on. And let me tell you what a different experience it is watching on your telephone at work versus with no sound versus with sound in your home on a large TV. Um, and it was like watching the game all, all over again. Um, and I got to tell you the the game yesterday made me so proud of this team. Um, what they went through all year, uh, what they've been, what a lot of these guys have been through for the past couple of seasons and watching, watching this team just dismantle a team that is already relegated uh, probably didn't, they, they did belong here up in the premier league because of the way that they won the championship the previous season, but that team, they, they had no business being here pretty much a third of the way through the season. Um, they lost a lot of the, you know, components that got them there, you know, cause they had a lot of loans that, that got them to the premier league. Uh, one being Oliver Skip, who was a, who was a large cog in their machine. Um, so just watching this team dismantle that, that Norwich, Norwich, Norwich team, I'm going to say it Norwich. Uh, so I don't say Norwich again. You were uh, you were corrected online for that, weren't you? I sure was. I sure was. Uh, yeah. I, I I really enjoy uh, the Discord and uh, and I enjoy um, being taken to task on Facebook and Twitter. It's uh, it's actually kind of fun sometimes. Um, but honestly, like I, I I think I need to like every week I need to do a previous week's like uh, corrections or retractions. <laughs> <laughs> That, that'll you know? be our, our season wrap-up episode. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm very proud, very proud of this team. Um, from the way that Harry Kane, Harry Kane battled back and and um, got himself into back into the conversation for best record in the world, to the way that we um, serviced Sonny to get the to get him the golden boot, um, which would have been all his. Had Salon up and had to been subbed on late um, and given a garbage time goal. Um, but you know, I I don't I don't see I didn't see um, even one bit of hesitation from any of those players. They knew what their job was going into the game. They knew what they what they needed to do, where they needed to go, um, and it was almost like practice for them. It was like being on the training ground, right? It there was like they put all of the stuff that they learned through the months and months and months under Conte, under Conte, uh, in preparation for this moment, and took everything and turned it into one ninety-minute, ninety-plus-minute just training regimen. And it was it was neat to see what 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 it looks like when they're not really given much resistance, you know, um, they took this part of this team apart. That team didn't deserve to be in that game that, uh, that Norwich Norwich was in the game probably for about what, five minutes, you know, you started, I started to get a little bit like nerved up uh, after the first, like maybe 10 minutes. And then I was like, all right, well, I got to go and do my thing. And then, I came back, watched a goal, and, you know, 
the defense was never tested really. Puki always pops up in weird spots. And I got to tell you, like watching that game, I can tell you that like Puki's a guy that I would not mind having as a backup to Harry Kane. The guy, no matter what the circumstance is, he's been with that team for so many years and they've been shit for so many years with him there. And he just continues to work his ass off. You know, the guy's an annoyance. He really is an annoyance and he works his ass off and he pops up in weird spots and weird places, but I really like it. I like the way he works and I think he would fit in as, as a backup to Harry Kane, but I know it'll probably never happen, but you know, Sonny getting his goals was beautiful. Decky. Holy shit, man. Um, he's better than Sokka. I can tell you that. If, if if we're talking about the best the best young wingers in the game, best young forwards in the game, uh, Kulisevsky is second to none, second to none, um, and he proved that. Um, and I think in a few years you're going to see that he's probably one of the best in the world. We're going to have the best in the world on the on both sides of the, on both sides of the field going forward, and uh, it's just going to be exciting and. I can't really talk about this game much. Cause like I said, it was like a training. It was like a training exercise, the entire game. And these guys are just out there having fun. They really were. You know, Mike, I, I, I just want to piggyback off the, the Kulisevsky comment. Cause he, he had uh, something in the post game that really, like, I, I loved the guy going into it. He's been one of my favorites since January, just because of his attitude and his work rate. But this sealed it for me as, you know, him being one of my all-time favorites right now, after only a handful of months uh, in the league. And he basically, just to paraphrase a bit, he, he said that he felt embarrassed. Um, you know, he saw Son and he wanted to get the ball to Son, and he just completely effed it up. Uh, but rather than what others have done and what we've seen Spurs do, uh, in the past, get inside your own head and suddenly nothing goes right. And, um, you know, you're just down on yourself. He, he said to himself, I can't end the season this way. And then what does he do? A few minutes later, he scores an absolute beautiful goal prior to getting subbed off. Like this, this dude is just the mindset he has, his attitude, his work rate is everything that I want in a Spurs player. He is just perfection to me. I, I love the dude. I think he's going to do great things for us next year. I agree. I agree. Um, you know, and that said, uh, you know, Lucas came in, he got, a, he got a little bit of a run in there and Lucas, dude, that pass. That was filth. That was <laughs> that was fucking filthy. So that was like what, de, de, that was like Deli Alley stuff, is what it was, right? Yeah, you know, you, you know what Lucas could do in in a decent championship side. He would be, you know, what Lucas would be fantastic in the MLS. He'd be great in the championship side. He would be. He would probably be a superstar in the MLS. I, I honestly believe that he would, if he went to the French league, he would dominate in the French league too, because that league is just fucking garbage. But, um, you know, everything about this game, Hoiberg put in, put in, put in the work that he was supposed to be doing. Ben Kerr on the ball is like, it's, it's strange to say this about a guy who plays so defensively, but he's he, on the ball. He's so like, just kind of fluid and relaxed looking 
I don't, you know, I think, I think sometimes he gets a little caught up in, in trying to bring the ball forward and having the ball at his feet and getting the pass off, um, getting the beautiful pass off that he doesn't really get back on defense, but when he's already tracking back on defense and he gets there, he's a phenomenal, uh, you know, defensive midfielder. Um, both of like them. When you watch the replay, did you catch um, last week, like that, that song sheet thing came out about Benton Kerr and actually the, the fans were singing it. Did you catch it when they were singing that song? I did. About him? It was, yeah. it was fantastic. It was, it, it was very cool. That, by the way, those away fans were the strongest incredible. presence. I think I've heard the entire season. Uh, yeah. yeah there, there had been some, there had been some uh, talk about the fact that he, that, that Spurs were going to travel well. Yeah, they did. And, 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 and they did. And it, it's just, you know, if, if Norwich was in it at all, ever, you know, Carroll road wouldn't have been a happy place for us to play. You know, it's, it, it, it's not necessarily an easy place to play. It's, it's just one of those annoying little pissers, you know, and those, those fans are, are really passionate and, and, uh, you know, you got to give it to the people who showed up, who are still showing up. But there were just a lot of seats that weren't sold, and I'm sure they were happy to sell them to to the visiting Spurs fans. I got I, I have huge respect for Norwich fans. I mean, if you look at what their team has done consistently over the last however many years, up down, up down, up down, up down. Like these guys are, they're a yo-yo, right? They go down, they work, they get back up. They suck. They go down. They work. They get back up. But Norwich fans constantly turn up, unlike uh, a certain uh, red stadium uh, that might share the North London space. Uh, I'm sure you know who I'm referring to, uh, where it can be quiet as a fucking library in their stadium if things aren't going well. Um, You know, these guys shit all season, last game of the season getting absolutely hammered by Spurs and they are still there. They're cheering their team on. They're loud. They're, they're a lot of fun. And, you know, did Spurs fans uh, overshadow them at points? Yeah, of course they did. I mean, they were getting trounced. They've got plenty to be excited about, but there was still, you know, it wasn't quiet there. There were still moments where you could hear the fans, you know, even if they're just poking fun at their team or, you know, having a bit of fun at themselves, uh, they still went for it. They still showed up. They showed their support. Uh, and I got to respect that, right? They're not these plastic fans you see uh, jumping on a bandwagon. Far from it. They're fans that, uh, you know, they, they have a connection to the team. They truly love their team through thick and thin. And, you know, huge respect to those guys. Hey, Steve, what else did you think about uh, what you saw yesterday? I'm curious. Um, well, I mean, honestly, I think Mike nailed, uh, nailed it with his comment about it being almost like a, a, a training match. What I saw was what I imagine Conte would love to play week in, week out, right? It was fluid. Um, everybody was concentrated from minute one all the way to the, the 90th minute, no extra time. Um, but, you know, I, I think to uh, the moment Davies made that block, uh, you know, really early on in the game, turned on for that. There were moments, uh, you know, as the game progressed where you would see players like uh, like Hoybeard comes to mind in particular, where he'd kind of 
ghost a runner in and just either cut off the passing lane or make the interception or make the block so that they couldn't get anywhere near the box. Uh, you know, Dyer marshaled everybody well. They're going into the game, you know, I always feel nervous as a Spurs fan that we're just going to completely bottle it. Like, how many times have we shown up to a game where we were favorites to win, where it should have been, you know, 100% victory on paper, better team, and then we just fuck it up by not showing up? That's not what happens. Uh, the entire team showed up. Every single one of those players went out there. They knew what they needed to do, win the game. They did it convincingly. And even when they they had the lead, none of them switched off. None of them brought it down a gear. They all kind of kept this consistent performance the entire way through. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it just gets me excited. You know, I, I'm just going to uh, echo Mike's sentiment here where what we saw against Norwich bodes well for what we might see next season. We're going to get a full preseason under Antonio Conte uh, where he can continue to push these tactics, push the fitness, get everybody uh, up to speed and, and gelling and, and integrated perfectly with his, his uh, vision. And I think next season we see more of uh, more games like that, where everybody is just clued in, you know, it's not always going to be a five, nothing, week in week out game but everybody will be playing their parts everybody knows what they need to do they will be well oiled well drilled and you know regardless of whether they're playing a more offensive game against bottom table opposition or if they're playing a more defensive game like we saw against Liverpool a couple of weeks ago it's going to be the same sort of thing everybody knows what they need to do they're going to execute on it well uh, and we're going to reap the rewards for it. The only real question mark uh, that we have is how is uh, Champions League uh, going to impact that at all? Uh, you know, historically, there have been some question marks about Antonio Conte when he's got, uh, you know, a midweek fixture that he has to juggle around. Who knows? It, it could make things a little more difficult. But I mean, just looking what we saw against Norwich it's it's hard not to be optimistic even for me it's hard not to be hopeful um and then of course you've got all the news outlets following that game coming out saying uh you know club's gonna back him 100 percent. they're getting him what he needs they're going all in on Conte um and the other thing you know to consider about all that is the league starts early this year uh early a uh, first weekend of August I believe yeah, because the you know World Cup is in December, November, December uh, timeframe, so they have to start early to compensate for that. Um, but you saw Conte's comments after the game, or maybe it was pregame, uh, where he was talking about getting players in early so that he has a full preseason to to bring them in. If you remember last season, we were still looking for a manager close to the start of the season. I think, you know, we're going to be in such a better spot uh, going into to the next season with Conte, with whatever players that we're able to bring in, um, as long as, you know, Levy's legit and actually buys the people that he wants. Um, but I, I, I think if nothing else, the Norwich game was a precursor to what we can expect. Um, the future to look like. 
I like it. <laughs> I like a future. <laughs> I like a future that looks like that. Hey, I want to share with you guys, um, Mike, this will resonate most with you. So my, my wife is, uh, she's accepted a new position for, for next year. Um, and she was visiting the new location today, doing some paperwork and, and stuff like that. And her, uh, the person who will be her new boss is a, is a friend of mine. Um, we have a number of connections. He's a fantastic guy. However, he's both a Woolwich fan and a Cubs fan. So Mike, you know, in my world, like that's the double, that's the double whammy where I might not ever even talk to you. Right. But, uh, so my, my lovely wife, um, I was proud of her today. She, on her way out, she, she asked the admin assistant, like, Hey, can you leave a message, uh, for, for that guy? And the lady said, sure. And she said, what is it? She said, please tell him that I said, go socks and come on you spurs. <laughs> and she said, she said, as she was walking out of the building, that the, the guy actually came out of his office. He's like today of all days, you had to say that today, but there was a good introduction there. So <laughs> she got off on the right foot by uh, making sure that, that he knew where his loyalties would be better offline. I just, I just, I just think maybe you should know that that guy might need a beating at some point. Yeah. If he's such a good guy, I'd, I'd consider it. Absolutely. Yeah. At least I I got somebody on the inside now, you know, so he he loses two, two points automatically for being a, for being an Arsenal fan. And then, you know, Cubs, I don't, I don't really care, but he's already lost two points from me. So he's already down to an eight to start. Now I don't even know the dude. So I mean, the Cubs, I mean, the Cubs are a terrible baseball team now. Uh, they had one good year, so he's going to lose another point right there. So now he's down to a seven. See? Just you know? Downward trend. For me, like, the dude would have to wow me to 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 really just stay at that seven. And I, I can't imagine that he's, uh, you know, he's that great of a dude that he's going to stay at a seven for me. Mike with the strong, strong assessment on that one. I'm, I'm right. coming in hot. I might as well sure. come in hot, right? I mean. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, you know, because you're coming in hot, Mike, I think it might be a good time to uh, pivot to our favorite segment. What do you say? What's what's your favorite segment, Dave? You know, Mike, I haven't gotten to ask you this question in a couple of weeks. And so I would love to take the opportunity to ask you on this particular evening after uh, we clinched Champions League. Hey, Mike, what Champions drinking? League? We did that. We did that thing, didn't we? We did do that thing. But oh, hey, Mike, what are you drinking? Well, Dave, um, I really love it when you ask that, and uh, he does. He loves for the it. last for the last time this season. Uh, it's a it's a fun one because I've been uh, I've been gluten free for the past almost uh, almost uh, I'm into the second week, um, and uh, I tried a, a couple of ciders. I tried a grapefruit IPA um, from a place in Seattle that was, meh, but. Um, I had a cider that I loved um, when I was younger that is just way too sweet now. Um, but um, I'm going to go back to something that I used to really, really like. And it was kind of a niche thing, but it's actually started a, a little bit of a community has started to bubble up and it's a mead, um, which is a, which is a honey wine. It's not a beer. Um, it is an alcoholic beverage. It is naturally gluten-free. Uh, it's, it's a fermented beverage made with honey. Um, so we have a, a meadery right here in, uh, the Burlington area, um, called Grunfeld and, uh, and they make a whole bunch of different kinds of mead. And, um, I've actually never had 
they're like flagship straight up plain old honey wine mead all right I've, I've had a bunch of their other ones they had one called the seven seas which was dry hopped with the seven different uh sea hops um but typically hops don't go in making this this drink um so i'm gonna pour this uh you're supposed to pour it into like a wine glass um but i'm gonna pour it into my little mug here and i'll send a picture out um this is called valkyrie's choice so um the valkyries we know in in like kind of like viking lore yeah i'm, I'm big into viking lore um and not mead, necessarily that the it, vikings drank mead because i don't know if that's actually true yeah i've heard that though right it's kind of a scandinavian viking in origin or is that is that mythology it's i think it's mythology i think the first mead comes in like somewhere somewhere around six thousand bc so um the first time like honey was fermented into a beverage but um Anyway, we know the Valkyries are the the um they were chosen by the gods to select who dies on the battlefield and who gets to go to Valhalla on the battlefield. Um so like how Mike's Mike says we know. I, I love that's that's so Mike. Mike, who knows a whole lot about a whole lot, just assumes the rest of us know it. Oh man, it smells good. I know it because um, I used to hang out at their tap room pre-COVID. Um, pretty regularly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I um, went there. I went there one time for like a for like a food tasting, like a food pairing thing. Uh, it was pretty. It's a pretty cool place. Pretty neat place. They moved up to St. Albans. Uh, now they're up here with me. Oh, they are in St. Albans now. That's interesting. Yep. By the way, Steve had a fantastic little uh, weekend morning in St. Albans a couple weeks ago. Thanks for a couple recommendations. Appreciate that. You got it. My favorite part of the favorite part of the farmer's market was the 14 star beer tent, which was the size of like, what would you say about eight square feet? It was uh, a smallest beer tent ever. And then they had this fenced off area where like (laughs) anybody, yeah, anybody gave his son in there. That's exactly right. (laughs) Like if you're drinking, you have to go into that fenced area. It's like a playpen. Yeah. Which is another eight foot, eight square foot area. (laughs) Absolutely. This is the place for the husbands. (laughs) <laughs> exactly well i'll be i'll be here sweetheart you go you go walk around do your thing you know what that that farmer's market used to have a great place that had um that had glumke and 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 pierogies um i don't know if that lady she was, it was an older polish lady and, and, and i um eastern european food isn't necessarily my my go-to but i grew up with that kind of stuff being being czech um so uh it, that always hit home for that lady always hit home for me when I would, when we would go up there, that farmer's market, but I don't know if she was there, but um, no, she's not. Yeah. No. If there were pierogies, if I, I would get, have remembered it. Yeah. If I could get a decent pierogi up here, I'd be fucking thrilled. Oh man. She was just an old Polish lady. She was so nice. And, and uh, she was actually floored that I knew what Glumke was. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll take five, please. And <laughs> just keep them home, coming. Took some home with me. They were huge. Um, so anyway, uh got a pint of this uh again uh u.s pint uh it's 6.9 percent abv naturally gluten-free um on the can it says for export actually so i don't know what that actually means but uh oh look at it. it says on the back here based on viking era ceremonial needs 
Valkyrie's Choice is fermented completely dry and comes in an outrageously drinkable 6.9%. Like a Valkyrie, the drink is simultaneously beautiful, powerful, and a beverage worth worthy of honor and respect. Hmm. All right. Now, the thing about meat is like, it can be drank cold or warm. I like cold meat. I, I, warm meat just doesn't, it makes me sick with my stomach. There. Moment of truth. Here we go. He's, he's thinking about it, folks. He's thinking. Um, I've had a lot of meat in my past, and <clears throat> it, it, this is just okay. It's it's kind of boring. It's kind of boring. Um, it's if it's like fizzy honey water. It, it you know, I want I want a meat to I want a meat to hit me and like for the taste to develop as I'm as it's going down my fat gullet. Um, so, um, this just didn't do it for me. I mean, it, it's a, it's a good tasting mead. It's not disgusting. I'm definitely going to drink it all. Um, yeah, you know, I'm going to give it another shot we'll see what happens. Personally, I prefer, uh, their Nordic farmhouse, which is more cranberry flavored, but and some of their havoc mead. So havoc mead is their uh, uh, yeah, wild crazy like your, shit. Your side project thing, right? Yeah, where they they deviate from the traditional style and do crazy, ridiculous shit like uh, you know spicy chili pepper mead and all sorts of bonker shit like that. Yeah. So I mean, I, I, like I said, I, I just man. I want it to be so good and I wanted it to be to blow my socks off. It just doesn't. It just kind of, it's just kind of there. It's just kind of boring. Um, I'm going to give it uh it, this is hard. Cause it's like, I have my beer scale, but I'm on my mead scale. I'm going to give it a three. <laughs> oh he yeah. Nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. Mike. I was curious. Um, I don't know if you've gone below three all season. Have you gone below three? Yeah, I think I we had uh, that Florida one, man. Florida, Florida man was man, pretty man. bad, right? That one from uh, the place in New Hampshire and Concord, the Leatherman's Limited. Was ooh, Leatherman. Good memory. I saw your face on this one. I thought, ooh, he might be going sub three on this one. No, I'm not going sub three. I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of disappointed. There's a difference between being bad and being mediocre, right? I want- yeah, it's yeah, exactly. There is a difference, you know. Um, it's it's you know, it's like the difference between being fucking Watford and you know, Aston Villa. <laughs> Aston Villa is just mediocre, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice, and Watford's just bad. <laughs> they don't even look like they're trying to be right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, so. This this is a 3.0 and uh I don't know. Am I supposed to do a song? Well, it's your rule, so you yeah, do I, a guess, song. I guess I guess you, I guess you I gotta have do one. a song. I guess I gotta do a song, which you know it's kind of tough. Uh like what's the most bang average song you can think of? Bang average song. It, it, and here's the thing. I could use it, I could use it for any any kind of 
song or any kind of beer that I hate because I cannot stand this artist, but it's in, but everybody gives it, gives it such a, gives it such a high, high rating when they're in terms of what they think um, a great pop song is, but are you going to shit on Beck again? No, I'm going to, I'm going to shit on Billy Joel. Billy Joel. Ooh. <laughs> so bang average piano man. I'm going to say it piano man. Wow. You know, it's a song that you want to be, that you want to be great. And you know, but the artist is just so toxic and just such a disgusting human being that and, and makes and makes really, really average, average songs and average music that shouldn't be popular, but just was because of the time period. Like he's yeah, and he's a disgusting human being. So fuck you, Billy Joel. Hashtag fuck you, <laughs> Billy Joel and Valkyrie's Choice is just average just like piano man it's not that great of a song mike what was the name of the uh the uh metery there uh grunfell g-r-o-e-n-n-f-e-l-l i I can i I can say that there are other meads that i've had were good this is just kind of it's just kind of boring to me it doesn't have like a developing profile it's good all right i I will say this mike just to uh maybe take some of the uh, the hate away from your um, anti Billy Joel rhetoric. When I think when I think bang average song, that's way more overhyped than it has any right to be. My mind goes to Don't Stop Believing by Journey. It's just one of the most overplayed fucking songs I've ever heard in my entire life. And it's not it's nowhere near their best. It's nowhere near their best song. I don't know. It just, yeah. You get so what you're I'm saying? saying Steve, Fuck you're saying believing. you love Journey. You just don't like Don't Stop Believing. Is that what we're That is at? correct. That is correct. Right. It's because Steve's not a city boy born and raised in South Detroit. No. South Detroit must have been just a rough place to grow up. You're just sure. a small, <laughs> small town girl. I'm I'm sure Steve Steve Perry was thinking about that so it's that small town girl's entire life, right? Living in a lonely world. All right. This has been Hey Mike, what you drinking? Valkyrie's Choice by Gronfell 3.0. Mike, was this the last one of the season? Are we are we closing up the ratings for this year? Uh no, I mean we we have I I think we're gonna do um a, a season ending uh what you know we're going to do one more pod that you know we're going to take a week off right yep um just like the club just like uh, antonio we're going to talk to the owner um see if he's going to get us the transfers we need um and i think we got one more one more in us after that and uh we'll we'll talk about the transfers um and you know close it out uh but good idea we'll good do idea. one more beer yeah and all right Hey, here's what I want to do next. I want to um, I want to talk about the season a little bit, and I want to I want to set the context. So, you ready for this, gentlemen? What I'm going to do is I'm going to read through. This is our 40th episode this season, by the way, which is an impressive number. Last year, just to give you some context, we did 19 episodes, so we doubled our output. We started in like February, right? Uh, yeah, I believe that is correct. So, I'm going to read through some episode titles for you guys that I think do a decent job. This goes in sequence. Um, this is not all 40, but I'm going to 
pick some highlights that do a good job of painting the context of the season. And then Steve, <laughs> I want you to kind of weigh in on like whether this tells the narrative or not. So early on uh, season two, episode two, Harry Kane is getting bad advice. A little bit later, we had uh, don't say it. Pasush de Fajaya. Uh, <laughs> Harry Winks is adorable. Uh, Mike's lemony beverage. Mike, you remember that one? Ah, uh, uh, Steve O Espirito Santo. That was a good one. <laughs> Followed up uh, by Steve needs a nap. Uh, Mike scored this weekend, but Spurs didn't. Oh yeah, that was a great goal. <laughs> what a great goal on my son. What a difference a week na- makes. Let's talk about Cess baby digesting these turkeys distraction from the pain of capitalist work dirty water the return of florida man managing expectations with flav the one with wendy the one with Uh, wendy is like our friends episode (laughs) macho man they get your hopes up and then they punch you in the crotch the harry winks babysitting service the sun hypothesis built on desperation harry kane is like madonna maybe my favorite top four is lava yeah. Disgusting and stupid. Mike proves Dave wrong yet again. Jurgen's cancel culture and weekend at Davies. That's that's a, a a picture of this season. So Steve, what do you think? Does that paint the picture or what picture would you paint when you talk about this season? Um I mean, I think we did a pretty good job of uh moving from a state of anger and desperation to okay, well we can have fun with this now. Uh and honestly, I, I mean, that, that kind of tells tells the whole story of the season, right? We started uh, with a new coach in, in uh, Nuno who was in way over his head, didn't really have a whole lot of time to uh, get things rolling uh, in terms of a preseason, got us a couple of decent wins, no thanks to Harry Kane, uh, and then it was just fucking all downhill from there. Um just shit result after shit result, shit performance after shit performance. Uh, and then when Conte came around, we could start having fun with things again, right? Like we could, we could, uh, you know, poke fun at ourselves when we recognize that there was some structure to what was happening, but it wasn't being executed on. Uh, and then uh, my personal favorite was actually having a solid tactical game plan uh, and making Jurgen Klopp cry like a little bitch. Um, that to me is the highlight of the season, ending on a great note with just a whole lot of fun with Weekend at Davies and whatever we're going to call this episode. Um, yeah, I, I would say that's pretty accurate. Um, and, you know, just to really stress this point for all of you uh, listening in, Jurgen Klopp really is a little bitch. <laughs> That might be a, a title that we could consider. <laughs> um, I'm also considering, Steve, Decky Greater Sign Saka. I'm contemplating that based on uh, something that, that Mike said a little bit earlier. Um, Mike, how about you? What's your uh, assessment on our titles and how they related to the actual season? Um, it, it paints it paints a pretty, like you said, it paints a pretty good picture. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you guys remember this, but we almost started the season without the fucking manager. Um, after the shit show, that's the shit show we endured the previous season with uh, with Jose and all of his fucking antics and um, 
having to deal with uh, Ryan Mason come in with his amazing haircut. Like he's got good hair, man. He's got nice hair. Um, <laughs> good dude. Not ready to manage. Not ready for prime time at all. Not ready for prime time. Um, though he did uh, uh, weirdly lead us to uh, a, a pretty decent record under him, you know, um, in, in the league. But, you know, you, you really got to put things into perspective. This team started off without its field general this season. It started off with a coach that promised to make us proud again, just could not deliver. Um, Nuno, like, I think we said it from the beginning, like, well, from the very beginning, we liked what he was doing, you know, doing all the muscle memory stuff and like repetitive stuff, motion stuff, but that's the stuff that you do with your youth squad to develop them, to get them ready for the big time. Um, so he might be a great youth manager for Spurs, um, <laughs> but um, nice guy just couldn't just couldn't do it. He wasn't ready for the big time, um, just like Ryan Mason wasn't. Um, Ryan Mason might have been a better pick. Um, his tactics didn't work for the players that were here. Uh, Prodigy had an idea in his head, and I think that you know, looking forward now, that Prodigy probably. Um, had one coach in mind when starting to pick some players um, that didn't make himself available until it was time. And so if you're looking at the progression of our like titles, you can see where the highs were, where the lows were, where the highs were, where the lows were. We were up and down and up and down and up and down. I was ready for like fucking one nothing scores all season long. You know, um, we had a shit ass defense under Nuno. Um, and I think that, you know, Steve put out a little thing on, on Facebook today on, on, on our Green Mountain Spurs thing. And uh, I, I think the most significant part of our season was um, one particular subbing off. And it's Lucas. the guy that's probably going to be out of the team. So when 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 Lucas got subbed off, he was arguably the best guy in the field that day. Um, Nuno took him off and got the fan base to boo that at was, him. That was Man U, correct? Mm. Yep. Got and he got the fan base to boo at him. Yep. Like, and that's something that Spurs fans don't do. They don't boo at games. They don't boo their players. They don't boo their managers. We got two different times this season that that happened. Once was with Ndombele, and once was when Lucas got subbed off. And for a fan base to go into that kind of fury over a subbing off, it was time for Nuno to go. You know? So the, the subbing off was a, probably, for me, one of the most significant points of our season. It, it, um, the next was probably the Man City away win. Um, but again, like our titles, top four is lava. You know, every time we got close to it, it was like something would fucking happen, and we'd fall back. Like we thought we we thought that Conte was going to leave at you know after the Burnley loss, um, and then we picked it back up, and 
you know, there were lots of highs and lows, but Conte used those first few months to get us to get this team into a spot where they were playing preseason ball until that Man City game, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, you're right. Um, you're right. And we did lose the Burnley after the Man City game, but that that game right there showed us exactly where we were, where we were going to. And I, I, and I, I don't know. Um, Anyone but, shedding a tear over uh, Burnley going down? Nope, not at all. You know, right now, right now, here, here we are in a spot where we can say, where we can laugh and say, fuck you to everybody. All the fucking haters, all the fucking haters, all of them, all of them. And Hey, we need to acknowledge something. We don't say this very often. We were wrong. We, we, we solidly said we weren't getting fourth. We were getting fifth and, and we did it. We got champions league and I'm going to go a step further. Steve made a wager that if we got champions league, he was going to buy a Harry Winks Jersey and Steve, 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 here's, here's what I'm thinking. There's no way that happens without some shenanigans involved. There's no way you end up buying a Harry Winks Jersey unless some organized effort somewhere is working against you to try to prove wicked Spursy wrong and try to make Steve look like a fool wearing a Harry Winks Jersey. So I'm curious, Steve, what you I have think? a theory that Dave is trying to influence one particular thought that might be hovering around Steven's head right now or inside of it even you think so inside, you think the, inside the sphere that that you is think Steven's I'm to, perfectly round head i'm trying to tease something out is that, is that what you're getting at <laughs> steve i can't imagine what would have caused that can you imagine what would have caused just just crazy things like this to happen well dave as i'm sure we're all aware at this point in the season i can't imagine some really crazy shit um in this particular instance, as we've been sitting here reflecting on the season, um, a thought occurred to me. When we were looking for our manager at the start of the season, we had approached Nuno, who's out of a job, or not Nuno, uh, Conte, who was out of a job, and uh, he allegedly turned us down. Uh, and then we ended up with Nuno. Seems a little convenient, uh, if you ask me. Now, we knew that Nuno was in over his head. I think that was one of our... our biggest uh question marks when it was announced and we were having this conversation and it turned out to be valid but i can't stop thinking about how we had that initial conversation with conte and what i've what i'm now convinced of is that conte actually said yes to spurs over the summer but levy couldn't give him the signings that he wanted without first showing how bad it could be without Conte and without the players that he wants. So they took a calculated risk in hiring somebody who was underqualified for the job he was given so late in the season, dragging us to an absolute horrid start. Uh, also that they could inevitably fire Nuno hire Conte and ensure that Levy would be able to sign the players that Conte wants. This whole season was a master plan between Conte and Levy to make sure that the war chest was available for Conte to get the players that he wants in January. And at the end of the season, 
And all we had to do in the meantime was feign some sort of travesty that was a Nuno hire, uh, which essentially did exactly as we've we've called out. It got Spurs fans to turn against the club, to boo the team, to boo the players. That wasn't a mistake. I don't think that was a mistake. I think that was intentional. I think they intentionally went out of their way to piss off every single Spurs fan out there so that when they did bring Conte on board, who agreed to it in the summer already, that Conte would get who he wanted. And if you think about it, you know, the the big game, El Sacchio against Manchester United, Conte was linked with the United job too. I think now, in hindsight, that was an intentional bottle job to show how desperate Spurs were for a world-class manager like Conte. Nothing in this season happened accidentally. It was all scripted right at the beginning, right the first meeting between Conte and Levy. All of that happened exactly according to plan. And think I'll take it a step further. All right? So when Conte started... I, apparently Levy had pointed to top four as a, as a requirement and Conte said, well, it would be a miracle to get top four. Where did we end up? We got fourth place top four. Again, a calculated move between Conte and Levy to over exaggerate how difficult it would be to get into this fourth place finish. And therefore how much Conte should be rewarded with a massive war chest for players this summer. This entire season was incredibly calculated by two people. Poor Nuno was caught in the crossfire. And while I don't personally feel sympathy for him because he was a shitty manager and he needed to go, I can empathize a little bit with being a pawn in a grand scheme to get Conte. That's what I think. Steve, um, I have a big problem with what you just said. And that big I didn't problem, say it earlier. I know, I know. I should have called it out earlier in the season. No. What I was thinking, Dave. The problem I have, Steve, is I pretty much am on board with everything you just said. Uh, that's that's my problem. Um <laughs> I like I I genuinely believe that there was something to Prodigy and Conte talking over the summer and working something out. I genuinely believe Conte has said that he just wasn't ready at the start of the season. And there may be something to that. And I genuinely believe that um, Levy may have been kind of um, trying to get Prodigy to, to bring somebody else in as the coach. And Prodigy said, you know what? No, man, if you really want to change things here, if you really want to do what you say you hired me to do, this is what needs to happen. And uh, if, if we're not going to move on it now, we're going to just hire the theoretical best available athlete, right? Which happened to be this, this guy with premier league manager experience who was available and uh, came in and said all the right things, but just was not the man for the job. Like I, I have no problem digesting most of what you just said as a crazy conspiracy theory, theory, thinking that there may be something to it. Mike, what do you think? So what you're saying, Steve, is that Prodigy is like, He's like the lawyer in Usual Suspects. And Conte was Kaiser Soze the entire fucking time. Ooh. And we just exactly, found out. Exactly. 
aside from the God damn Kevin, it. Aside from the creepy Kevin Spacey reference, that's fantastic, Mike. Like I'm I mean, totally no, we, I we didn't have to mention Kevin Spacey. It could have just been the story of Kaiser Soze. It could have, but it you know it is right. I know, I know. <laughs> it's it's so sad and terrible because I you know we all loved Kevin Spacey. Um, it, you do. <laughs> That's that's it's such a it's such a weirdly valid argument that you just made um, because most of your conspiracy theories are fucking completely batshit crazy. Hey, what do you mean? You've said it your fucking self, dude. Come on. You don't say, hey, come on, man. I thought that my conspiracies were geniusly crafted bits of infallible logic that nobody could definitely argue against just like every other crazy bullshit internet comment that has ever come anywhere on twitter or facebook or reddit or any other social media mine is just as valid as all those crazy comments so if you're coming to me mike saying that they were all bullshit are you trying to tell me that every conspiracy theory that we see on social media is equally as bullshit as what i've been coming up with is that what you're saying no what i'm saying actually well what you've been coming up with is way more valid than say those fucking idiots on aftv okay i'll take that i'll take it that's a win that's two weeks in a row i'm 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 gonna call them out i'm gonna call them out until until quote air quotes don robbie comes out and 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 he i probably not worth his time but I, I would like to hear him mention Wicked Spursy. That would be that would be great because that guy looks like a giant sack of potatoes. Yeah, Steve, we 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 can't really argue that much with you. I, and I think Kaiser Sose is our episode title. I'm just throwing that out because that is Conte was Kaiser Sose. That's a fantastic call. I'm I'm down with that. Hey, there's one more thing I think is really important that we need to talk about. Um, we are a pod called Wicked Spursy. And Mike, you pointed out earlier this week, post or yesterday, no, earlier this week, um, Coach Kaiser Soze was was talking about kind of wanting to do away with the Spursy name, right? So I'm curious yeah. what your assessment is of the Spursy name, how it connects to us and what we do. And uh, yeah, take it away. What do you think? Um, I, I, you know, the the Spursy moniker, I, I, I understand that. Um, Conte's here to, to change the club. Um, he's here to bring, you know, b- usher in an era of, of um, success and uh, excellence into the club. Um, I, I think it seems to me, um, n- knowing and listening to a lot of fans of, of club uh, and fans for years, um, through through family ties and um and and other stuff and and just just look basic locale and and then also those of us who who have just kind of caught on but the word spursy is kind of now it's kind of now um it's it's used to explain it spurs uh it and a typical bottle job you know to for for lack of a better better term there but um i think we're spurs fans like we wear that kind of as a badge of honor a little bit you know um i, I would like it to stick around i think it's a fun word um 
I know what it's, I know what it represents and I, and I know it's significance, but I just think it's a fun word. And I think it's a, it's, it's fun for us to take what is usually used against us and turn it into something like a positive, like, um, you know, Tottenham get battered everywhere they go, you know? No, we fucking don't. No, we don't. Arsenal gets battered everywhere they fucking go. Except <laughs> to Everton, who can't do shit. You know what? And you know what? I, I, I said it the other day, and it felt really fucking good. I, and I put it on Facebook, too. I said, Arsenal are Spursy. But you know what? They don't even fucking deserve that. Arsenal are Arsy. That's what they are. There That's what they it. are. Stevie boy, they're shit. They're what shit. Think? What do you got, Steve? I'm so excited. I'm so fucking pumped up. I can't tell you. I'm gonna wear the. I'm gonna wear this Galaxy jersey for the entire and the entire week. I don't care how smelly or ugly <laughs> or gross it gets. I'm gonna wear it mowing the lawn. I'm gonna wear it barbecuing. It can't be stained. It can't. Possible. Oh man, I'm so pumped up. Well, Dave. We're going to get uh, six games in the Champions League, at least. I mean, as far as Spursy is concerned, it's one of those things where right now there's a very specific meaning that it has. But I think that over time we could reclaim Spursy and, uh, you know, maybe maybe we'll be at the forefront of this uh, Spursy renaissance where suddenly it means something completely different and positive and something we can all rally behind and be proud. And, uh, you know, many years down the line when uh, the newer generations of Spurs fans like my son don't associate Spursy with completely fucking bottling it, um, we can point to our podcast and say, hey, you know, we've been doing it since before it was cool. You know, just a very hipster thing to do. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think that's that's a, a point of pride that we can have in ourselves. Uh, you know, we adopted it when it was uh, essentially a negative, and we stood by it throughout its growth into a positive force. And if that doesn't represent us as Spurs fans sticking with our team, regardless of how trash they can be, um, I don't know what does. I love Spursy. I love Wicked Spursy. And I think we are in a prime position to either benefit from its future success under Conte or, you know, well, at least we've got the thing uh, locked up if we slip back to old ways. Either yeah. way, we win. Let's turn, yeah. it, let's turn it around. Let's turn it around. Let's say, you know what? They're going to say in a few years, they're going to say, God damn, that team is so Spursy. And it's going to, you know what it's going to mean? It's going to mean they came out of fucking nowhere and did what everybody thought they couldn't do. Um, you're right. We, we adopted it as our thing. Uh, um, and it's been adopted around the world on the other side with our friends, where our friends, uh, Dan and Barney too, right. Uh, with their podcast. Um, and whether, whether um, coach Soze wants to give it up or not, we got to keep it. We got to keep it. Let's own it. Let's own it. Yeah, and I guess I guess I, I agree with you guys completely. And I want to point out, you know, there's there's a common history of derogatory terms that various groups will 
embrace to turn the narrative on them, right? That happens. It's, it's happened with our football club with another derogatory term that is continued to be used to this day. Some people feel one way about it. Some people feel another way about it. It's not mine to judge, but let's be honest, there's that history. And there's that history with a a lot of different derogatory terms. You know, the the term Spursy to me is different, right? Like it's a, that's a moniker that was applied, you know, to kind of make fun of something. And maybe that's a, an oversimplified way to put it, but um it's only negative if you let it be negative. You know, I, I, when I, I've only been a Spurs fan for a short time in terms of life of the club, but if you look at the history of Spurs, like there's this, there's this history of a particular style of play that was always wanted to be seen. And there's a, there's a history of how Spurs go about, about their business. And um, to me, like, there's no reason that being Spursy can't be a positive. There's no reason that Spursy can't mean kick the shit out of the opponent. You know, like there's, there's no reason that they, that can't mean something in the future. And I'll agree with you guys. I'm actually proud. We claimed it when we did. Um, and I'm proud that others have done the same. And uh, regardless of what anybody else may think about it, it's our name. We're going to stick with that. And uh, onward wicked Spursy goes, right? I think I just said wicked Spursy, but you guys get the point. Wicker Spursy. The wicker man. So it's <laughs> Nicholas Cage. There you go. Perfect. All right, boys, let's get to uh Let's get to closing thoughts. Steve, closing thoughts from you. What do you think? Well, now my closing thought is if we don't get Nicolas Cage on this show for next season, what are we even doing here? But uh, <laughs> um, you need to get another host if you're bringing Nicolas Cage on. That guy's a creep, man. I'm not interested in that one whatsoever. Oh, greatest actor of our time. I think he's fascinating. You're out of, you're he out of your mind. such an interesting person. <laughs> uh, no, so, so that's our criteria. We bring interesting people on. Is that is that what it is? You have to be interesting. All right, fair enough. And Mike, before you say it, I do consider Brian to be interesting, so he can keep coming on. You don't have to throw him under the bus or anything. Listen, listen you're gonna when when you're at when when you come to the first annual Wicked Spursy barbecue at my place, and you actually get to meet Brian in person, you're gonna see how interesting Brian is. Uh, Brian is way more interesting than he lets on. He kind of he, he kind of makes it seem like he's a boring dude. He's interesting and he's fun, and I really enjoy Brian. And I That's know I'm gonna I find a way to twist this to say that I hate Brian. Well, I there it not. is. He not. just said it. He hates Brian. Yeah, yeah I did he, hear him say. Dave's I gonna hate edit Brian. This, Dave's gonna go back and edit this stuff <laughs> to say Mike hates Brian. Mike hates Brian. <laughs> he said it twice. Brian, you heard it. You heard him multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Brian, I think the, I think the world of you, man. You're, you're a sharp dude. We appreciate having you on there. Thanks for covering me last week, but Mike hates you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, in terms of closing thoughts, uh, I think it's been a great season. Um, overall, you know, like you said, Dave, I don't think any of us expected to end up in fourth place. I will have to buy that uh, Wings jersey. Um, fuck me, I guess. Uh, I was kind of hoping that it, um, you know, we would slip into fifth and I wouldn't have to do it, but uh, you know, deal's a deal. I'll make sure that, uh, when we meet next, I've got some form of proof to you that I have followed through with this deal. Yeah. I um, want to see the uh, email receipt from the big club indicating, you know, that the purchase has been made. And yeah, I, I, yeah. I think Mike, do we, do we demand, is it in Steve's size or are we going to let him get away with, uh, the little man size for his son? What, what do we demand? Uh, the only thing I demand is that Steve wait until midsummer, so we can get a discount after Winks is sold. Deep discounts. Deep discount. Deep discount. 
Steve, Steve getting that 30, Just wait. I'm waiting to buy that Lucas jersey. I'm waiting to buy that Lucas jersey. <laughs> I'm not waiting to buy that Lucas jersey. I, I, I love the guy, but he's, he's gone. Yeah, I mean, for me, like I said, great season, great end to the season, and I'm really looking forward to uh, handing over the conspiracy reins uh, for to Mike for the offseason uh, ITK bullshit that uh, <laughs> I'm sure we'll be talking about at some point. Uh, so that'll be fun. Um, but yeah, it's 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 been a ride, and uh, looking forward to uh, a full season under Conte. Although this next season is going to be strange with the World Cup right in the middle of it. Uh, I just looked it up. Transfer window officially opens on June 10th this year. So it opens earlier. It Ooh. still ends September 1st or thereabouts. So we, really? we have like a full month where we're playing with the transfer window. It's going to be hectic. It's going to be crazy. We're going to have another fun roller coaster, I'm sure, over here at Wicked Spursy. And I'm very much looking forward to the episode titles for season three. Likewise, right there with you, buddy. Mike, how about you? What does Mike TK have to say as we wrap up this episode? Mike TK, <laughs> love it. I love, I love that Steve has got us in season three. <laughs> um, this is great because I don't want you know some some shows like you know Game of Thrones had had a they they had a limit. They 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 could go to like season seven, right? And it, it, some series are limited series, and you know they're only going to go three seasons. Uh, Wicked Spursy is going to go on until uh, one of us quits or all of us quit, because uh, I, I really, I really, in this first full season, every 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 show has its like the first season's like four to six episodes, right? See if they want to pick it up. They didn't have a choice; they had to pick us up. We went a full season. Uh, we made it through. We did 40 episodes. Um, and, and, and it was a it's been a great time. Uh, our first full season together. And I I, I really enjoy uh getting together with you guys every single week. I I loved having Vass on. I loved uh Vass was my godfather of pods. Um love having um, you know, we had Sam on from Dr. Tottenham. Uh Love talking with Flav. Flav was great because he was like super interested in where we were from. I really, really love that about Flav. Uh, you know, um, he's super easy to talk to. And then, uh, of course, you know, Wendy, who is kind of our, he's kind of our spirit guide on this, on this, on this journey. And, um, having all of those, having all of those folks, um, easily accessible and, and available, making themselves available to us has been amazing in this. Um, going forward. I, I can't I'm help really, but notice that you forgot to mention Brian. I'm not going to just another nail in that coffin. <laughs> so I was, you no, know, I was getting, Mike, to, Mike I, was, you. I was getting, I was getting to um, our friend, Adam, um, our friend, our friend, Nick, uh, Nikki Winks, who took over for Steve one one week. Our friend um, Nate from Chicago, he joined us one week, right? Yeah, Nate from Chicago. Um, yep. Yeah. Um, so I mean, and then of course you know that fuckwit Brian, um, <laughs> that loser Brian. <laughs> you know the guys. The guys a stand up guy, uh, beautiful wife, beautiful family, and and uh, and he's always welcome on the pod with us. Uh, uh, especially if he's uh if he's continuing to be nice to me 
Mike, you're uh, talking about the guy who's allegedly allergic to hops, right? Oh, he's not allegedly allergic. He's definitely allergic. All right, fair enough. I've literally never seen him drink a beer. And I've and I've been around I've been around him enough to know that the guy doesn't drink beer <laughs> for a reason. Um, so anyway, going forward, um, I'm really looking forward to this first season. I, I I wanted to mention earlier, actually, I wanted to mention earlier that there are a lot of fans of the Premier League and a lot of um, media entities and and. Uh, other podcasts that want to put Spurs into this into this area, this gray area. And it, it, remember, we had the whole thing with the Super League and all that stuff that happened. They want to put Spurs into this area where we're a middle table club. We don't deserve big club status. We are not fucking Crystal Palace. We are not Aston Villa. We are not Wolves. We're not one of those clubs who's going to sit there in the middle and not try to get better and just be content with being middle middling teams. Tottenham is not that team. They're a, they are a big club. We are a big club. And I say we, and I don't like to say we about being a fan of something, but I say we, because I feel that with that soccer fans, especially, and the clubs that they support are a more integral part of the team than say baseball fans, than say football fans, the NFL fans or basketball fans. I think that we as soccer fans, um, whether we're here in the U S whether we're in Africa or, you know, in, in Southeast Asia or England itself, where the, where the game was invented. I think that, we saying we as part of the club, the fans are as much of part of the club as any of the players, as the coaches, as any of the administration of the club. And uh, we are not going to be a middling team ever again. Uh, I think that that Conte has shown us what can be accomplished. And I think that going forward, Daniel Levy, Dan, Daniel Levy knows what can be accomplished. Um, when you think big, you dream big, and you play big. And you will be big. And Mike, I just want to follow that up by saying uh, last weekend, um, Daniel and Joe told me that they were all in. They said that the manager will be backed, and they said that this is going to be a big, big summer. So with that, um, Steve, your final comment. Don't be an asshole. And Mike. Quiz, 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 quiz. Up the spurs. He usually says be safe, too. Be safe. <laughs>